0: Hello Masterplan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It is a pleasure as always to have you listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the E-commerce Masterplan, author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Last week, I got to chat to Dean Salakis of The Party People, which is a groundbreaking Australian bricks and clicks business. He talked a lot about how uh, getting onto TV shows and getting all that product placement was one of the most powerful things he'd done in his business and his most effective marketing method. And do have a listen back to him telling you about all of that, but rather right now stick around and to this episode where I'm going to introduce you to someone who's going to talk about how you can do that in your business. Because every once in a while, I like to get a guest on who's not a retailer, but who knows a huge amount about an area that you all keep asking me about. And this week, we're really lucky to have Janet Murray on the show. Janet is a journalist and PR expert. I heard her speak at the NMEU conference in London back in June, and I knew I had to get her on the show. So here we are. Um, because how do I do PR is certainly in the top three questions I get asked most often. So her approach is really efficient and practical and it's a great way of getting big coverage. So she's here. Um, So I want to introduce you all to Janet Murray, author of Your Press Release is Breaking My Heart, a totally unconventional guide to selling your story in the media. Hi, Janet.
1: Hello, thanks for having me on the show. Oh no,
0: as as I've already said, it's awesome to have you here. And I've just given everyone a really kind of quick overview of you and what you're about. So how did you get started in PR?
1: Well, the interesting thing about me is, although I teach people PR, I've never actually worked in PR. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm a, a journalist by trade. So I spent the last 15 years working as a national journalist, mainly for the big newspapers in the UK so The Guardian, The Telegraph, The Independent, Independent on Sunday, I've worked for the BBC, I've pretty much written for most national newspapers lots of consumer magazines and in the last few years I've really started to write mainly for The Guardian and I also worked as an editor there as well and um, and yeah I, I, just, I noticed something really early on in my journalism career and what I noticed was that people were absolutely awful at pitching into the medium, and they would send these like dreadful press releases, these dreadful pitches, and I would just sit there. I was that person who would sit looking at my inbox and thinking, why would anyone be interested in this? Why would any journalist (laughs) be interested in covering this story? So I've always had, I guess, a kind of entrepreneurial mindset because I've always been freelance. And so I kind of thought, if these people don't know how to pitch, then maybe I can teach them how to do it. And the thing that actually used to really gall me was the fact that often these awful press releases or pitches would come from PR companies that were acting on behalf of small businesses. And because mm. I'm a small business too, it would just really get my go. And I'd be like, this is just not on. And I really want to show people how to do this better. So I kind of started running these workshops in London. First of all, you know, very kind of small, informal type things. Then I started running bigger conference events in London where I get all these journalists along to come and talk with me about what they were looking for. And that's kind of turned in the last few years into a whole kind of business where I do a little bit of journalism now, but mainly I teach people how to get media coverage. So I've got a coaching program. I've got a a membership community. I do some one-to-one coaching. I've also got a book now as well and a blog and a podcast. And and I just love it. It's really, really fun. I mean, getting people into newspapers and magazines and on TV and radio and and kind of empowering them to do it themselves without hiring a PR company is just really fun and really rewarding.
0: Because that's one of, one of your main things, isn't it? It's about helping people do it themselves without needing to go and get a, a PR agent.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. And I always say to people, this stuff it not rocket science. A lot of it is just common sense. The stuff that I share is common sense. But if you've never done that before, you've not worked in the media, then of course, you wouldn't know this kind of stuff. But the way I like to teach it is to kind of break it down and make it really, really simple. And you know so that anybody could do this And that's what I always say to people is that any you know when I'm speaking at an event or when I'm sort of teaching somewhere I'm like look anyone in this room you could ring up a newspaper or you could ring up a tv station and get yourself on air you know this this stuff is not rocket science it's all learnable stuff
0: I mean we're, we're obviously going to look at some of those thing, those real solid tactics in a moment but What's the, because I, th- I think a lot of us just think that if we want to get into the press, we've got to hire a, p- a press agent because that's the only way of getting in front of journalists. But is there, what are the reasons do you think someone should use if they wanted to hire a, a PR agency?
1: Well, should I tell you a secret about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do, <laughs> we a like secret secrets. secret about what journalists think of PR companies. They often don't think very much of PR companies. Now, that's not to say there aren't good people out there there are some good people out there and I've met them but generally there's a quite a tense relationship between journalists and PR companies so most journalists would much rather deal direct with the business owner they would much rather pick up the phone and speak to you and and see what you know and and, and see what you've got to say because a press company or a PR company is almost like a it's kind of like a middle person isn't it and it's a, kind of like a barrier to get what you know get to get to the person that you want to and you have to wait around and find out if if, if people are free and if they've got time to talk to you and, and all this kind of stuff and and so actually a lot of people think that getting a PR company is a way to kind of accelerate their PR mm-hmm. but actually it can actually slow things down and um, and, and so what I often say to people is, is by all means if you need to hire a PR company do that but first of all you need to educate yourself about the media because if you don't know how to get a story in the media and you don't understand how any of this works you could basically be getting ripped off because there are people out there who will write you pointless press releases they'll create pointless media kits for you they'll write case studies and they'll send them out to journalists and nobody will ever even open them and so that's why I just I really feel passionate that that small business owners that they really just try and educate themselves about it even if they end up outsourcing.
0: Oh that's such a good piece of advice because you've, you've got to know what you're buying haven't you and if you don't know what you're buying then you could be paying thousand pounds a month for a press release and yeah. never seeing anything back for it.
1: And it's a bit like social media. I don't know any other small business owners. I know lots of small business owners who who outsource their social media or parts of it, but I don't know any that have never done it themselves, that they've never posted on Twitter or they've never managed their own Facebook page. I think most people do that stuff for a while. And then when the job gets Big, too big for them then that's when they outsource but they do know how to do it and they could jump in and take it over if they needed to and I just think there's something really kind of like the idea of just kind of, I call it like set and forget PR, so people have mm. this idea that they can just pay somebody like a £1,000 a month and they will just like be working behind the scenes like doing this magic and getting them all like fantastic press coverage, and it just doesn't work like that and, and as I say you know a lot of journalists they don't like dealing with PR companies so even if you do hire one you need to be quite clever about how you use them actually and and I can share some tips later about, about how to kind of make that relationship work a bit better and make sure that having a PR company doesn't get in the way of you, you getting good, good press coverage. So, so, you know, it really is just as about the, the more that you know about it, the better position you're going to be in to make good hires. If you are going to outsource eventually, you know, you, you're going to make sure that you're going to get value for money.
0: So we're definitely saying DIY to begin with, at least, if not forever, aren't we here?
1: Yeah, I mean I obviously would say DIY forever. <laughs> um, but but also you've got to like doing it as well. I love I love um I love marketing and I love sales. So I like the thrill of the chase, so I like pitching i pitch every day so i have this hashtag and if anyone wants to jump on it you can join in called daily pitch and i get the people in my facebook group to encourage everybody to make a daily pitch and that's not necessarily to the media it might be to appear on somebody's podcast it might be to do some guest content it might be pitching like a partnership with somebody but i just encourage people to get in that space every day where they're asking for something that somebody kind of might say no to or (laughs) that makes them feel a bit vulnerable and i think that um you know, if you enjoy that sort of thing, and you you kind of quite like the buzz that you get when somebody says yes to you, then great, but it's not for everybody. And I do acknowledge that, you know, that some business owners, it's just not their forte. But I do think, you know, getting getting to spend some time understanding how it all works so that you can make good decisions about it is just really vital.
0: So we're definitely talking about doing DIY, but do we think every e-commerce business should be including PR in their marketing mix? Cuz if they're doing it themselves, they're going to have to there's going to be some kind of opportunity cost of maybe one less email a month or less time spent on social media. So what's your I guess what's your pitch to everyone everyone listening that they should be including the tactics a, we're going to be running through in their in their marketing mix?
1: It's a really good question and I would quite honestly, if I was working with a client and they said to me, should I be doing PR or should I be doing this to achieve whatever it is I want to achieve, I would be quite honest. And if I thought that content marketing would be better for them, I'd just kind of say. But I think the the big argument for doing PR, there's two reasons that you might want to do it. The first reason for lots of people, it's about building influence and building your brand. So lots of people come to me because they want to learn how to do their own PR because they want to become like a, you know, like a thought leader in their sector. They want to be invited to speak at all the big industry events. They may be looking for a book deal. They may be looking to get higher end clients. They're just looking to raise their profile in some way and being able to put on your website as featured in Huffington Post, as featured in New York Times, as featured in The Guardian or whatever it might be. It's just like a stamp of approval. And when people see that rightly or wrongly, they immediately assume it's almost like a sort of, Status It gives you that if, if journalists on those publications or programs deem you worthy or what you've got to say is, is worthy of being broadcast or, or published, then somehow that, that, you know, that kind of um, gives you a kind of stamp of valid- validation or something like that. Um, and the other part of it is that it can it can get you sales so if, if you're getting regular press coverage and people are getting their eyes on your products or services then it can lead to sales that's one where I think I would exercise a little bit of caution though like I had somebody email me the other day and she said to me the thing is PR doesn't work for me and my business and I said well what if you tried?" and she said well I got an article in stylist once which is in the, in the UK it's like a magazine that's given out to all the commuters in the afternoons so it's quite a good one to be in and um She said, Well, I got an article in Stylist once and nothing happened. And, like I said to her, Well, you know, if you posted one tweet or you posted, you know, once on Facebook, are you expecting to get a rush of sales for your business? And she was like, no. And I said, well, you can't expect the same from your PR. You know, you need to be like everything in your business, you need to be just giving a little bit of time to this every day. And actually, it takes quite a while to get some traction. When I'm working with coaching students, I always say to them, they work with me for 12 weeks and say, look, if you get, say, three pieces of press coverage in 12 weeks, you've actually done really well. Like national press coverage, you've actually done really, really well. And it's kind of like a snowball effect. So, you know, journalists are out there all the time looking for help with stories. If they Google, I got a call the other day, actually, for a story that I'd written about 10 years ago about why my mum is my best friend. (laughs) So obviously (laughs) writing about the most important things. But I got a call from a radio station who were doing something about mums and daughters being best friends. And they just rang me out of the blue and said, do you want to come on the show and talk about it? And that's the thing is when you're creating this content, it's kind of evergreen content that's there forever. And the more you do, the more journalists will ask because that will, you know, they'll find it when, they, when they're searching in Google for people to talk to. So it's not, I always say to people, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. So you can't expect just to get one article and then suddenly, you know, I sometimes get business owners actually who... Um, if they've got like they sell products you know like people who who make jewellery or have got like um, fashion businesses or something and they'll say oh but I'm scared to do PR because what if I get an article in a newspaper and I suddenly get a rush of orders and I can't fulfill the orders and I'm like that's probably not going to (laughs) happen. And it's a nice
0: problem it's a better problem to have than no one buying
1: anything. (laughs) Yeah and I'm kind of like it's probably not going to happen you know you do get people who hit lucky and they get one article that goes viral but for most of us it's like everything like your social media, you build it up over time and you, you put in a bit of time every day and you keep doing those things and you will get the results. But it might take you months or years even to to get there. So, so I think, um, you know, the, the two compelling reasons are the first one is building your your, your brand and building yourself as a thought leader and, and people kind of seeing you as a kind of go-to person which can lead to lots of other opportunities it can help you put up your prices and charge more for what you do and the second one is literally sales but I wouldn't rely on that and I often say to people if they like I had an email from someone the other day actually who's starting a business and she said I just desperately need to sell this and I said well I don't think that PR is the right you know the press is probably the right thing if you 're looking to make sales quickly. I would probably sell you know spend your money on Facebook ads or whatever um, so so it 's kind of like a strategy that you need to use in conjunction with your other marketing and The other thing that 's worth bearing in mind as well is so I sometimes get people coming to me and they want to learn PR but they haven't got a blog or they haven't got a podcast or they haven't really got a home really. So they can get a really nice piece of coverage, but they haven't really got anywhere to send people. Or if they do send people to their website, there isn't really much going on there and, You know, they they might have products on there that they're selling, for example. But I think if you really want to build a relationship with potential customers, you really want to send them to a blog or some content or whatever. And so I think it's about linking all these things together. Because I say there's no point in getting really great press coverage if if you if you can't take that that kind of relationship further. And I think we all know that what's the stats that it takes most people like eight touch points or something to buy. So reading one article in the newspaper, they might rush off and and buy your product but they probably going to need a little bit more exposure to you maybe on social media on a website or a blog or whatever so it's really kind of I always think it's like a 360 thing you have to work the press side of it in with all the other stuff that you're doing to market your business it's a really nice way of complementing everything else that you're doing
0: right, well I think we've now teased the audience long enough with the, <laughs> <laughs> with the benefits and the the great uh, benefits it can bring to the business and the way it can integrate with everything else I think we've teased them on enough so Janet, I think it's time we talk about some practical steps people can take to to hit you know to, to look after PR, after their own PR so what's okay. the first thing you think they should be doing?
1: okay, the very first thing I think people should do there's a kind of series of questions that I always run my clients through before I start working with them and the first question is like why am I doing this basically so so what is my objective? And so it might be, you might have several objectives, but you know, it might be that you want to increase sales or it might be that you want to get more, you know, you want to build your brand as a thought leader, you want to get more speaking gigs, but it doesn't really matter what it is. But I think it's really important that you have an objective and your objectives might change. You might have like almost little mini campaigns going on with different objectives, but that's really important because then your next question you say, okay, well, so if that's my objective, who do I need to get in front of? to make that happen because I get people coming to me and they're like yeah I really want to be in Vogue or I want to be in the Huffington Post and then when you sort of talk to them about who they need to get in front of to do whatever it is they need to do it might actually be some kind of niche industry title that, <laughs> that, that no one's heard of but actually that's the place that they need to be and so it's you know it's really important that if you're going to spend time on this that you're really focused and you're not wasting time trying to get you know published in places that are not any good to you so then I would get people to say okay well once you've decided who it is you need to get in front of what do they read watch and listen to because there's no point you know if you're trying to sell i don't know jewelry jewelry making equipment to jewelers or something it's you know (laughs) it's probably no point in you being in um the financial times or something Uh, there might be but you know um just trying to think of it logically so so it's like
0: if you're selling um fishing tackle yeah. And you're trying to get into, you could try and get into the Guardian or you could try and get into, I don't know, Fishing Tackle Monthly. Yeah. And it's a lot, you're going to get a lot more out of Fishing Tackle Monthly than you will out the Guardian. Yeah
1: probably and it's not to say that you can't use the garden to promote your business but it might be that might be a more obvious place and I'll talk a little bit in a minute about the low hanging fruit and and kind of where to start uh, because it can be all be quite daunting if you haven't done it before and then I get to say so people often say well I don't really know like how do I find out what the people I want to get in front of watch and listen to and read and so we just ask them you know find like 10 or 15 people who are your ideal customer and just kind of ask them do bear in mind that people don't always tell you the truth and uh, you know people like people don't tell you that they read the Daily Mail. Everyone reads the Daily Mail, but people tell you that they don't. Um, and um, and just kind of you know you could do a little survey using something like Survey Monkey or Wfu or something like that. And just just make sure that you're you know that you're you're not wasting time basically. And then maybe identify three to five publications that you might want to start with. And then it's this is the bit that a lot of people miss out is they you know just actually read them. And it sounds a bit like obvious, but you'd be amazed how many people pitch ideas into magazines and newspapers without actually having read them. And it's just like, it seems like the most obvious thing. It's like you go for a job interview and there's a job description or you're writing a job application. You try and fit your experience with a job description. <laughs> and um it's the same sort of thing, but people do miss out that a lot. So there's just a few things I would just think about before you even get going with it. But what I've been, to, when I first started teaching this stuff, I used to start like, throw people straight in press releases pictures getting on the phone to journalists and for some people that was a little bit too much and they found it a bit overwhelming so what i've really you know really started to recognise recently is that starting with the low hanging fruit to get your confidence up can be a really good place to start and by that I mean finding journalists who are already looking for people to talk to because then you've not got that awkward thing where you're kind of pitching and stuff so I'm going to share with you a few things that I shared actually at the, the conference which are really practical things which you can do right now you could do this while you're, you're listening to the podcast as long as you're not running or or like driving or something <laughs> um so the first thing is there's um you can use hashtags on Twitter. Basically, journalists hang out on Twitter. So if you want to meet journalists, that's the place to be. They do hang out on other social media networks, but that's the, the main place they hang out. And that's obviously because it's very kind of news driven. And so in the UK, we have a hashtag called journo request and basically journos post post. What they're looking for so they might be looking for help with different articles they might be looking for experts to interview they might be looking for case studies to interview and there are equivalents of this all across the world I, I wouldn't want to kind of hold my hand up and, and tell you what they are <laughs> um, but I know that help a reporter out they have a hashtag for example and um, I think source bottle which is we were talking before we got on this call yeah. we think it's Australian don't we and I think that's probably got a hashtag as well so you might need to do a bit of digging but in the UK it's called journal request and basically if you go on there like right now as you're not driving or running. You'll you'll see journalists asking for help with stories. A little tip that I would give you here. So the temptation is to go on there and go, oh right, well there's nothing for me. I've got a fishing business. There's nothing about my you know nothing to do with my business. But actually, this whole thing is about building relationships, like everything you want to do in your business. So if you see a journalist, for example, I saw um uh, I saw a request a few weeks ago, which was they were looking for somebody who'd had skin cancer. Now that hasn't happened to me, but it happened to my dad, and If my dad was willing, I'm not sure he probably would be, but if he was willing and he fitted the criteria, then me sending an email off saying, oh, actually this is, my, this fits my dad actually and getting my dad to do the interview that sort of opens the door for when I want to then pitch that journalist because I've, I've made that relationship I can go back and say oh do you remember when you interviewed my dad for that for, for that article and um and then you've kind of kicked the door open so that's a little tip that I would give you and sometimes it might be about offering a comment or responding to something that isn't directly you don't you can't see immediately how it's going to help your business but again you're kicking the door open you're getting on you know you are building a relationship with a journalist that you might be able to work with in the future so this is all kind of investing long term in your media contacts and the other thing i suggest people do is kind of you know stalk the journalists so it's really good to learn about the media just looking at these types of has- hashtags because you see what journalists are asking about and you see what kind of stories they they're, they're putting together which will help you to start to understand you know what kind of things make good media stories and you can also stalk the journalist you know you'll often see there was one example i gave when i was talking at new media europe where this journalist was looking for something or other i can't remember what it was but it turned out she wrote for loads of really kind of quite high profile british publications like red i think mary claire the telegraph and so a good person to know if you're looking to build up your media network so that's the first thing this is using hashtags on twitter
0: so we're talking about really for all of those of you out there who are thinking that you've got to write a press release and come up with a story and come up with loads of ideas to pitch and all the rest of it you don't need to do that you can just simply use these little methods that janet's telling us about to find out to find a journalist who really desperately needs some help right now, Mm. help them out, build, build a rapport with them, build a reputation with them. And that's just so much, just seems like so much straight, so much more straightforward, so much easier to do and very Mm. much possible to do in-house
1: yeah and it's, it's very it's less daunting as well you know it's, it's you're not having to ring somebody up and put your put yourself on the line and feel vulnerable or anything you just literally ask you know answering requests and they may say oh I'm sorry I've already got somebody or they might say oh you're not quite right for this one don't take it personally and uh, just move on and, and answer the next one and I, I mean I can give you loads of examples of people that I've worked with in fact one of my students posted in my Facebook group yesterday a magazine now which magazine was it I'm trying to remember it was quite a good women's magazine like good housekeeping or something and she just responded to a journal request they were looking for an expert to talk about anxiety I think it was she's a a psychotherapist and works with a lot of people who've suffered from anxiety she just put herself forward and she got a lovely quote in a nice glossy women's magazine without having to do anything and um apart from you know just answer an email and another client of mine she's got a she's developed an app which helps children go to sleep at night and um, she saw a request for mother and baby magazine they were looking for they were doing some kind of sleep issue or something looking for people who had stories around that so she just got in touch and said my kids wouldn't go to sleep so I developed an app to help them go to sleep and she got a lovely picture and case study in mother and baby and that all she had to do was send an email so it really is that easy so that's the first one the second one is um you could sign up for what are called media inquiry services and there's quite a few of these and they're basically services which put people who want to get in the media in contact with journalists who are looking to find help with stories. Now, some of them you have to pay for, some of you, some of them you don't, but they all offer free trials. So it's definitely worth getting on there and giving it a trial because you can get a sense of what kind of things journalists are looking for. You can nab some of their names. In some cases, you can nab their email addresses as well and put them on your media database. So the big American one is called Help a Reporter Out. And actually, it's very, very well known. I think lots of people know that. In the UK, there's Response Sauce and gulcana and Sauce Bottle, which we think is the Australian one. I think. Yeah. Um, heavy
0: Australian people on that one, from, from yeah. my from my experience, anyway.
1: Yeah. So, and and they're basically you know that they are journalists who are looking for help with stories so you're probably going to have a good experience there you know because they're, they're looking for help and I have been that journalist who sat there desperately trying to find somebody to talk to for a story you can't quite get the right person and you know you're just really glad when somebody comes along that fits the criteria that you've set and again it's about building relationships you're you're starting to understand what journalists are looking for and what they're not looking for and that's going to help you as as you progress on to more advanced things so that's the second thing and I don't know you might might be able to clearly kind of link to those some of those in the yeah. show notes or something to, to where people can go off and have a look. Um, and then the last thing I say to people is just make yourself more findable, which is probably not even a word um, to journalists. <laughs> it's been a long, been a long day today, um, but um, yeah, just just kind of think about journalists are out there actively looking online. Sometimes people say to me, "Do journalists have these like sophisticated methods of finding people to talk to?" No, they just Google like everybody else. So you know, when my editor says to me. I want you to write a story on, um, oh, I've had to write stories on all sorts of things like railway transportation, how chocolates made, you know, everything you can possibly think of. And the first thing I do is just Google it. And and you just kind of think, all right, I need to find somebody who knows something about this. i just Google it or I'll look on Twitter. And um, most journalists use Twitter like a search engine. So they, if they're looking for an expert on a particular thing, they will just Put the keywords that they're looking for, so phobia expert or phishing expert or whatever, and so if you pop up first, then they're probably going to call you. Another couple of tips I would give you is to have a photo of yourself, um, so you look like a real person rather than a, a brand, and a phone number. So. Just remember that journalists don't work nice nine to five jobs. They often have to work horrible evening shifts and work through the night. So if there's a phone number that they can get you on 24-7, that's going to mean they're going to be much more likely to come to you. And other things that you can do is they will look on LinkedIn as well. So having a summarizing what you do in a way that, again, will come up first in search is going to help you so a lot of people have kind of like you know director of strategic development agency or something as their title or regional director of e-commerce I don't know whatever but jargony um so if if your business sells sells equipment for fly fishing that's what you need to say you know we we supply the fly fishing industry with with tackle (laughs) 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 or you know we make jewelry for children what what, you know just just really think about how you can simplify it like who do you help and the more that you can do that think about your keywords the better it's going to be for you and you're going to come up in search the other little tip I would give you is if you're looking to get radio and tv appearances then had have some video on your on your LinkedIn profile. It doesn't have to be professional, it doesn't have to be a showreel or anything like that, but just something so that they can see that you, you know, you're gonna be confident on camera or on air and you can string a sentence together. And similarly, when I've commissioned people to write for me, the first thing I do is someone emails me or I need somebody to you know so I wanted to commission somebody to write something a phobia expert or whatever the first thing I'd do would be to google them and see what else they've written if they've got a personal blog or I can see that they've written something and I'm not going to have to spend four hours editing it then that's going to work in your favor as well so there's lots of little tricks and I mentioned as well at the uh, New Media Europe conference if you're from an ethnic minority it probably sounds well is it politically correct to say so I'm not sure it is but um, there's a lot of pressure on broadcasters to make sure that they have diversity so if you're from an ethnic minority background and there's a photo and, you know, and and also women as well, there's a, a lot of pressure on broadcasters to make sure they get more women on air as well. So so obviously, usually you can tell from somebody's name whether they're a man or a woman, but, you know, having, having a photo on there is going to help. And also I think that broadcasters are... You know, they, they want to get away from this whole kind of men in grey suits type thing. So if you've got a colourful personality or image or brand, if you, you look different, then that's going to be actually quite attractive to, to broadcasters because they want to get diversity. They want to get different voices and, and, and fresh perspectives on, on air. So that's three things that you can do, which are quite practical. I've got another one, Chloe, but have I got oh. time?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so much already. I've got, I've got two questions I really want to ask you but I can't let the listeners not hear when you've just <laughs> gone like I've got one more so let's let's do that one then we'll do my two questions and then we'll uh, then we'll see where we've got to
1: well so, the other thing I would, I'd like to I like to teach people is something called news jacking, which sounds quite kind of quite fun and basically that's just kind of piggybacking onto the news the things that are already journalists are already writing about reporting on in the news so the quickest thing you can do to get started with this is just set up a Google alert with keywords that relate to your expertise. So let's say that you specialize in over 40s fashion or something. And um, so so you, you, you've set up some Google search terms around that. And then you, you'll you get notified when there's stories in the media that kind of relate to that. So say, for example, I don't know, it's the Oscars or something, and you see a story pop up about some everybody's going mad because Gwyneth Paltrow, she's over 40, isn't she? She's wearing something inappropriate or something. You know, then you see that and you think, oh, I I could like, you know, ring up the local radio station and offer to comment on that or the national, in fact, in that case, or I could offer to write an opinion article on it. So you basically jump on stories that are kind of hot on the news agenda and you, you Basic, this is where you do have to be brave. You might have to send an email or you might have to just ring up uh, a TV station or radio station and just kind of say, look, if you're covering this story, I could help. The thing that hold pe- holds people back from doing this is that they're worried about what to say when they get on the phone. But actually, if you treat it like a customer service call and just think, you know, what would you say if you were ringing up a company and you wanted to complain to them? You would just say, oh, I've got a complaint to make. Who's the best person to speak to or you know, if you had some praise for a company, you'd say, I I want to just let you know how good the service was. Who was the best person to speak to? So just do the same thing. You know, I've, um, you know, I've, I've seen the over 40 story in the news today. I think I've got something to add. Who's the best person to speak to and just approach it like that. So you had two questions coming.
0: I did. I do. I have two questions. I just want to say, I think... Um Everyone out, out there who's listening, we we. are we're, Janet and I are specifically not getting into how to write a press release today, simply because there's just so much for you to get started with before you get anywhere near, <laughs> near to doing that. So that's why we've really stuck on these really straightforward items for you to get going. And I think what we've run, run through so far is just amazing. Um, but I have two questions just to clear, clear up a couple of bits and bobs. One was, there will still be some people out there who are thinking... I need to find someone to do this for me. And earlier on, Janet, you mentioned you had a couple of tips for anyone looking for a PR agency. And there will be people listening going, where are the tips? Where are the tips? Where
1: are the tips? So
0: what are your couple of tips for anyone who, who knows they need to get someone else to be looking after this for them?
1: Okay. Well, the first thing is proof. So you want it's like social proof. You you want to see that they they can get press coverage. So you want to see their cuttings or their links for for coverage that they've got for their clients. And don't be afraid to follow up with testimonials either. There are an awful lot of people out there who will take money from you just to write press releases that they just send out willy nilly and don't get anywhere. So you really want proof that what they do works. I don't think you can ever get guarantees in PR. So Sometimes people will come and say, oh, well, I want guarantees, you know, I want three articles in or whatever. It doesn't work like that. You know, so, for example, last week in, in the UK at the moment, our news is very much, we've got our, as we're recording this, we've got our referendum coming up as to whether the, the, the UK should stay in the EU. And that's very much dominating the news agenda. Yeah. And last, last week we had, unfortunately, we had an MP that was, was killed outside in her constituency, really kind of tragic story. And if you were a small business owner last Thursday, I think when that happened, you might have been working on a story. You might have had a journalist, you know, create a feature about you and your business, and you're all excited, it's going. And then a big news event happens, and basically everything gets scrapped and and moved or moved about and so you just can't control the news agenda or print stars or something like that you know you you can't you can't do that so anyone who offers you guarantees i would say there are no guarantees in pr you know all you can do is is have somebody that's you know and i would i would look out to see are is the person that you're considering working for are they doing some of the things that we've talked about Are, are they using hashtags on twitter What's their LinkedIn profile like? What's their Twitter profile like? And um, I often say if somebody's not PRing themselves very well, then are they going to be able to PR you? So I regularly get coverage. You know, I'm a journalist by trade because it's kind of different, but I pitch stories daily and I regularly get coverage in the national press. So when people are, are thinking about me coaching them, then I can prove to them that I know what I'm doing because I can say, well, you know, I just did that yesterday or I've just had this commissioned or whatever. But so so I would be looking for somebody who actually walks the talk. I mean, I'm I'm giving you a list of like really kind of like, you know, <laughs> this is not must have, but this is like real desirables. But, you know, somebody who's been published themselves and somebody who knows how to get themselves and their business in the press. And, you know, what are they like at promoting themselves? If they've got a, a rubbish website or their social pro- media profiles are half finished, then I would be a bit dubious about that. What you're looking for is somebody who if they know how to promote themselves and they've got a good-looking brand and you know, they, they're they clearly out there getting press for themselves. They're the kind of things, I think, that add the extra edge. But the, the key thing, I think, is proof. You need to see proof that they actually can get the coverage that they say they can get.
0: Excellent, and my final question for you, which hopefully is is quite an easy one, I hope, um, which is I've I've been hanging out on Harrow, so help a reporter out and source bottle and journal requests quite a lot in the last last week or so since the conference, just getting my head around it for, for my own promotion and. Um, and I've been looking at it with an angle of what the e-commerce business person is going to find as well, and I see there's an awful lot of people looking for giveaways and freebies and competition prizes is that a, is that more powerful than a for the e-commerce business than a simple mention or harder to get? is there is it just a another press opportunity or is there a, there a subtle difference between those?
1: I think when you get genuine editorial coverage, i.e., a journalist has chosen to write about you or create content about you because they genuinely find your business interesting then that's always going to be more powerful than you giving stuff away for them to give away. It's a bit like advertising. People often say, well, you know, I could just pay for an ad, but actually if a journalist has chosen to write about you or chosen to feature you on the TV or radio, then that's so much more powerful. I think it's the same with giveaways. It's not to say you shouldn't do it, but I think probably in terms of your influence, getting genuine editorial coverage is probably going to be more powerful and is going to be, I think it's probably going to be seen seen more as as more kind of uh with more kudos i guess um, so if you if you
0: see a good giveaway or competition opportunity go for it but don't take that as your solo pr strategy
1: yeah exactly yeah don't put all your eggs in one basket as it were
0: wow what a what a fantastic session janet that has been absolutely awesome um Everyone listening in the show notes, we are going to include links to all those amazing resources that uh, that Janet's been talking about. And those are, you will find all of those at masterplan.com forward slash 62. So, Janet, before we say goodbye, do you want to let the listeners know where they can find out more about you and your business on the web and social?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, my website is JanetMurray.co.uk. So, that's M-U-R-R-A-Y. And on social media, I generally hang out on Twitter as well. So I'm at Jan underscore Murray, but I've also got this fantastic Facebook group called the Soulful PR Facebook group. And I've got business owners of all types in there who are just in there chatting about how to get press coverage for their business and sharing contacts and ideas and helping each other out. So it's just a really nice place to be. Um, And also, I guess I ought to tell tell you all about my book oh yeah please so, do <laughs> uh so my book your press release is breaking my heart a totally unconventional guide to selling your story in the media which is a long title and um basically it takes you through everything you need to know about getting coverage in the media so it starts with the kind of things we we're just talking about the low-hanging fruit the the easy to implement things and then it takes you through progressively through how to write a press release, when it might be appropriate to use a press release, how to write a pitch to a journalist, how to find journalist contact details, how to cope if they ignore you. And uh, I also um, cover something which I think is really important, and we haven't touched on it yet, but I'll just quickly mention it, is, is the kind of emotional side about being in the media, because it only struck me recently because I've always, I've always been that kind of person that was quite happy to stand up in front of people and, you know, be in the school plays and all this kind of thing. And uh, so it came as a surprise to me a few years ago to realize that not everybody wants to be on TV (laughs) or on the radio. And this has been like a big turning point in my business. And it's really helped me to help people more effectively. And because I think a lot of people, they have anxiety, they get worried about being criticized, if they're going to be in the press, what happens if someone writes a negative comment about them? Or what happens if somebody comes over and writes something on their Facebook page as a result of something they've read? And, and so I deal with the sort of emotional aspect of of getting used to being in the media spotlight and making decisions about what you want to share and what you don't want to share so I think that's quite an important um, chapter as well and I've got another chapter I've got one chapter on how to find a PR company if you if you want to use one and also about guest content as well because I think now the, the media is, is getting so diverse that actually pitching yourself on a podcast or pitching yourself I know, for a guest post on a, a blog can actually be just as effective as traditional media coverage so I cover that off as well and also how to get speaking gigs and that kind of thing.
0: Fantastic. And I'm I'm assuming that's paperback and Kindle?
1: Yes, paperback and Kindle, yeah. So
0: the, if you if you just go to Amazon, people, you will find that book, which sounds fantastic and covers everything we've covered today and, and a great deal more. So I'll add links to that into the show notes as well. Um, Janet, thank you so much for being on the eCommerce Master Plan podcast today and for being so incredibly generous, sharing your fantastic guidance with us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Phew, what a huge amount of fantastic advice Janet just shared with us. Um, I'm blown away and I'll be putting many of those tactics into place myself, so expect to see me all over the newspapers very, very soon. Um, earlier this year, of course, we published my brand new book, uh, Customer Manipulation, and you can get the first chapter of that totally for free at customermanipulation.com. And that will help you. If you're still struggling with where PR is going to fit in your marketing mix, Customer Manipulation the book is really going to help you with that. So you can grab that free chapter right now at customermanipulation.com. Have a great week, everyone, and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the Ecommerce Master Plan podcast. Find out more at e